The battle for the Paul Bunyan Trophy is here. MSU fans giving us the silent treatment. And is this season the end for D'Antonio? I'm Adam Amble, and this is the M Factor. Welcome back, Michigan fans. After the bye week to the M Factor Live on Facebook, thanks for joining in to the second live show of the season. The little brother game has finally arrived. Will we be able to keep the Paul Bunyan Trophy safe and sound in Ann Arbor? Why do we seem to be hearing nothing from Sparty fans, normal or abnormal, I must ask? Is this is this it for D'Antonio? And the question of the week is, let me know some of your most memorable games or experiences or memories between the Michigan and MSU game. We will get to all of these questions. But first, thanks again for tuning in to the M Factor live on Facebook. Be sure to comment and share your thoughts throughout the episode and give me your opinions so we can discuss right here right now don't be bashful if you are catching this episode via podcast after the show be sure to head on over to apple podcast google play or soundcloud and subscribe to the end factor make sure to leave us a good review and as always a five-star rating to help us skyrocket in the rankings so us wolverine fans can take over the college football podcast world thanks again everyone for listening i really appreciate it be sure to hit that share button uh, as well, so we can get all of the college football fans involved. That is the point of the M Factor after all. So with that, let's get rolling with episode, the the second episode live here on Facebook. But first, uh, let's do a quick recap of the Maryland game a few weeks ago. I know last week we were off, but no big deal. It was really a game that we all expected before the 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 second bye week of the season, which I hate that the Big Ten is really going to two bye weeks. That kind of takes a lot of wind out of our sail. But uh, what what can you do? Michigan got off to a hot start against Maryland, taking the opening kickoff back for a for a tutty, and really never looking back. Handling Maryland thirty eight to seven. Let's take a look at the stats and the box scores really quick. Again, it was Michigan thirty eight to seven over the Terrapins. And to be honest with you, the stats kind of are equal throughout the whole game. Uh, the only thing that really sticks out in my mind is the turnovers. Again, we had zero, zero turnovers that game. Uh, first downs were equal total yards, very similar, 331 to 233. So not a very big offensive game for the Wolverines, uh, passing 176 yards, rushing 155 to 129 from Maryland. So it's not like it was a, a very dominant game. The score would indicate otherwise, right? But uh, penalties down four for the Wolverines for 30 yards, five for Maryland at 34 yards. It, it just wasn't – it was kind of a lackluster game. But, again, I think we all kind of expected that. If if, if you didn't, then uh, especially after that Notre Dame game, I think that you, you might be out of, your, out of your mind a little bit if you think we were going into Maryland. And it, it, we, we thought it might have been a letdown game, right? We, we thought that could be a possibility. But at the same time, once we took that opening kickoff back, it was it was it was all over from there. Uh, individual stats. Let's hit the box scores real quick. Shea Patterson, solid game, one touchdown. He really didn't need a lot, and he only had 151 yards passing, QBR of 72.4. Dylan McCaffrey came into the game. Now this is where I wanted to kind of you know get into a little discussion because uh, I'll be honest, I thought uh, you know they they put McCaffrey in. 
and it was three of seven, 25 yards, a QBR of 18.3. Did not look like the quarterback we always thought that he would be, especially when he gets his chance and he gets a lot of reps, right? This is a this was a time for him to shine, show exactly what he could do. And again, as a second string quarterback, it's always one of those things where always one of those things where it's a lot easier to play, a lot easier to do well. Uh, because you don't have that pressure of being a starting quarterback, right? I've alluded to that all season long, but Dylan just didn't show me a lot. I, I wish we would have put Milton in and, and see what he could have done throughout the, uh, you know, the second half rushing again, not a lot. We just didn't need it. Haskins had 13 carries for 60 yards and true Wilson, five carries for 50 yards all day. Charbonnet with eight carries for 28 yards. Nothing really impressive, right? And it was just a it was just a nice solid win. Michigan receiving nothing really to to ride home about. And in terms of the defense, the defense had again a solid game. They they provided the shutout. Um, they scored uh, Maryland only was able to score seven points on what the kick returned. So it was uh, Josh Metellus leading the squad with nine total tackles. Glasgow and Hudson both had eight, and Quiddy Pay with seven. And everyone else was kind of uh, underneath, but. In terms of, again, in terms of the overall stats, nothing really uh, crazy uh, stood out in my mind. But I, I will do some quick thoughts on the game. And exactly what we needed. Go in and get out of there with any major injuries. Pure and simple. I said that right uh, the the podcast before a couple weeks ago. It was a boring game. And at no point was Maryland even threatening to make it a game. So, again, it just shows how important it is for Michigan to jump out ahead. This was something major, right? If you can get out there, if you can, if you can get ahead for this Michigan squad, it seems, it, it seems to have a major, major impact on the game. It was a solid game to have before the bye week, and to make sure we get healthy for these next three games, which, uh, these next three games, which over the last two weeks. Uh, don't forget the last two weeks are the Indiana game, which is getting bigger and bigger, right? Congrats to the Hoosiers, but let's get into the uh, two M factors I have for this game. First is the defense, of course, not allowing any points. Remember the only score by the Terrapins was that kick return for a touchdown for uh, Javon leak solid showing for the defense. And they, they didn't let down or miss a beat from that Notre Dame game. So props to the props to the, uh, the Michigan defense there. Uh, second is getting out of Maryland, basically injury free and being able to, to get healthy. This was one of my M factors going into the game. This was something I mentioned and yes, a lot of it is luck, but also Michigan's ability to get ahead, get that quick lead and get their starters out of the game and keep them healthy. I know I get a lot of grief primarily from Sparty fans that a team can't control injuries, but you, you limit the minutes, you lower the possibilities, right? Plus you reduce the hits on these players, meaning the recovery timing will be drastically reduced. So overall, overall, an expected victory for the Wolverines, and I'm happy with the outcome. Let's quickly get into some other uh, Big Ten Big Ten action throughout the last couple weeks, and that is uh, Ohio State just last weekend just plummels Maryland 73-14. to They just keep looking better and better, and that, that quite honestly scares me, so... I uh, need them to lose one before the big one over Thanksgiving, but I'm just not seeing that happen, uh, going to happen. Uh, one thing I've, I've recognized is Michigan and Ohio State, you know, Ohio State started off way up here, right, way up here 
in terms of talent this this season, in terms of their their beginning games, and Michigan was kind of down here. The problem is Michigan's been improving, right? They've been improving, but so is Ohio State. So basically, we're going like this. You know, we're we're not gaining any ground in terms of improvement. Uh, I think Ohio State continues to improve every week, and that definitely scares me. Uh, some other action: Purdue gets the win over. Northwestern, that was 24 to 22, and Wisconsin gets back on track with a tough win over Iowa. <laughs> Iowa just can't seem to catch a break. They, they've they had a lot of close games, including the one at Michigan. Uh, they take out, or they uh, lose to Wisconsin 24 to 22. But Wisconsin could be looking up at those Minnesota Golden Gophers after a huge win over Penn State, 31 to 26. There is a loss for Penn State I really didn't expect. And hey, that makes me a huge fan of Indiana this coming weekend. Go Hoosiers. If they can somehow beat Penn State and then OSU beats them, that is the three losses that we need Penn State to have, right? It's a long shot, I know, but hey, it's still possible. And then we still need Ohio State to lose to Rutgers. We'll get into that a little later. I doubt that's going to happen. If that happens, that'll be the, the shock of the college football world, right? And uh, speaking of Indiana, let's get into the top 25. Indiana, again, congrats to them breaking the top 25. It's been a long time. They come in at number 24, and they rightfully deserve. They've won every game that they should have. Um, I, I, I talk about this with my buddy, uh, Kevin, who, who is from Indiana. He actually went to university of Indiana, but they have, they have beat every team that they're supposed to, and they've lost to every team that they're supposed to. So, oh, uh, again, that game against Michigan is looking, uh, tougher and tougher. Iowa comes in at number 23, even after losing to Wisconsin, but again, they've had their three losses have just been really tough. Wisconsin at number 15, Michigan holding steady at number 14. Penn State drops all the way to number nine, Minnesota, with the biggest leap of the week, and that is jumping all the way up to number seven after that huge win. And Ohio State goes to number two after uh, after that great game between LSU and Alabama. Oh, boy, what an exciting game that was. That was some good college football. That was fantastic. Uh, how many uh, How many of you, you may have noticed that I left out one game this last weekend? And it is a perfect segue into the next topic. But first, thanks everyone for joining. Make sure to leave some comments. Uh, we really want to discuss any opinions you guys might have. And uh, again, thanks for tuning in to the M Factor live Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Uh, I, I am sure many of you got to see that debacle of a fourth quarter that Sparty had this last Saturday against the dreaded Brandon Peters and the Fighting Illini. And of course, it continues a dismal season for MSU and the talks of firing Dan Antonio after this season. I'm going to segue into this real quick. Does this happen? No, no, I don't think so. I think Dan Antonio will have to leave on his own will. Of course, uh, he's pretty much been given the key to the city, right? But is this a year because is this a year that he does step down because he certainly seems burned out and getting a little frustrated as other teams in the big 10 seem to be on the upward trend. And I'm going to get into that right now. It must be really, I'm, I'm getting tired of listening to a lot of these uh, Sparty fans and college football, uh, college football fans in general, uh, continue to uh, tell, tell me how, how great D'Antonio is and how he's the savior of Michigan state football. Now, 
it must be nice to come into a job in the Big Ten when your biggest rival has just begun its worst decade of football in their history, dating back to the 1800s, right? The late 1800s. I find it comical when MSU fans only want to bring up the D'Antonio years as if it was the only 12 years of college football that existed. It's very, it, it's very humorous to me, and I, 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 I do have to laugh when, when this happens. Great job, guys, on being able to beat a broken Michigan team for all of those years. You continue to tell us that you are still right there with Michigan, right, in terms of, in terms of talent, in terms of recruiting, in terms of coaching, in terms of, um, in terms of putting it all out there on the field. But, but let's face it, based on your 2-2 two and two record, over Harbaugh, uh, for, for now, right, folks? For now, I, I, I urge you to take the blinders off and really take a look at the state of your program, just as Michigan fans had to do when, when Lloyd left and the Rich Rod, Brady Hogue era started. It is funny how Michigan climbs out of a decade of being in basically the pits. Again, the, the, worst, the, the worst stretch of college football for Michigan ever, ever, right? And... They climb out of a decade of being terrible, and MSU starts that downward trend as Michigan falls. That is that's that's what really gets that's what really gets to me. Sorry, folks. Uh, that's what really gets to me. Uh, having success while other teams, especially in your conference, are 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 bad does not make you really relevant in college football. And Michigan State has been talking about this for years, just how relevant they are. Right uh, for for D'Antonio. I think it was the right time and place. And if, if that's the case, I can stomach that. Having success while other teams are bad and you come in and you do your job and you, you continue to coach and everything, I, I think that's legit. It's interesting now that Michigan and Penn State return to basically their normal status. We're not even saying that they're they're back to the top, right? Back to their normal status that Michigan State starts blaming recruiting and injuries and play calling and coaching the same style of players are there for Antonio. It's not like he is. It's not like he's still recruiting. What's his name? Batchy and Lewerke. Lewerke was supposed to be the the best thing since sliced bread, right? It's unbelievable. And look at him, just just terrible. Why? Maybe he's playing a little better competition now. Maybe these maybe these Spartan teams are starting to play the 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 Michigans and Penn States that are uh, that are they're playing up to their potential finally. So I I, I think. I think he is starting to see that it is much tougher to have success when these teams that you have to play, uh, it's much easier to have success when these teams you start to play every year are down and it's a little tougher to have success when they are on the upward trend. So I, uh, I'm going to move to the next topic. I'm also getting sick of the comparison between Harbaugh and D'Antonio. First off, the sample sizes are not comparable. We got to remember this. This is many of my Michigan friends bring this up. You're comparing D'Antonio's 13 years to Harbaugh's uh, four years, and he's he's this is his fifth season. D'Antonio in his 13th. I'm sorry. Uh, I love how MSU fans bring in like totals, like oh big. Well, we went to Big Ten championships. We have these bowl wins. But by the way, uh, D'Antonio has a losing record in bowls at five and six. Um, pretty sure Harbaugh beats Antonio there at two and two, right? And Harbaugh with three 10-win seasons in four years. 75% of his tenure at Michigan 
he has won 10 win or he has won 10 games and it's still possible for another 10 win season uh this year um i i have been reading on facebook and twitter a lot of discussions about how in the world that we can be so happy with our simple little 10 win seasons and oh no big 10 championships right no uh playoff appearances right Okay, let's pump the brakes again. Again, this is only Harbaugh's fifth season. This is something that really, really annoys me when it comes to Michigan State fans and their arguments stating that, well, at least we can go to bed knowing that in the last, you know, the last decade we have, uh, we have, we have had what, two Big Ten, I think one was a co-Big Ten championship and another was outright. Well, congratulations. Enjoy your, your uh, sub 500 years to where no game is really really exciting except for the Michigan game. I'll get into that in a little bit, but don't forget people seem to dismiss that Harbaugh has been right there to win these big 10 championships. He has been right there in two of the seasons, two of the four seasons, right? To winning the conference. He's been right there last year. Obviously we threw up a goose egg against Ohio state, but uh, three years ago on that uh, botched fourth down call, I know I'm going to go back to that. Oh, whatever. Right. But at the same time, we, we have to remember that that was a major call, game-changing call by the referees. You never like to see that again. Referees don't win or lose you a game, but they do change the game. Everything changed after that, took the wind out of our sail. So we are two, uh, really, really two games away from being right there in the Big Ten Championship. So just, just pump the brakes a little bit. We're, we're right there. And again, this is Harbaugh's fifth season. It's only as he's only completed four years. So D'Antonio 13 and he has two again, while his rivals, while his, while the, the major players in the big 10 were down. I mean, come on guys. That's, that's just ridiculous. All, all of, all of this occurring and, and Harbaugh's good years are occurring in an era where Ohio state, Penn state and Michigan state seem to be at the top of their game. If not the best they have been in their school history. Right. I know a lot of people are saying that this Ohio state team is, quite possibly the best that they've ever had. So, so D'Antonio had the luxury of playing a down Michigan and a down Penn state squad for years. So that does play a factor. I'm sorry. I grew with most Michigan fans out there and I say, I will take a nine to 10 win season every year and always being in the mix for the big 10 championship, always being in the mix and also being relevant in the national, the national scene a big 10 championship. I'd rather take that as opposed to being in the big 10 championship once every decade and multiple losing seasons in the same time frame. Tell me how excited you state fans are for the remaining games on your schedule. Speaking of that, it actually leads me into the next topic on the agenda. And that is the normal sounds of silence. We're getting from Sparty. Uh, this next one is uh, again, thanks for joining everyone. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, Again, make sure to leave your comments, make sure to share, make sure to like. Um, it really helps us out. So let's get into the next topic. And it's just typical Sparty fans for this game and just normal sounds of silence. And honestly, has it ever met? And it honestly has never mattered if MSU has a better record than Michigan or if they are the bottom dwellers of the Big Ten. Always silent. They never have faith in their team and they never want to – to stir the pot, you know, this is what sports is all about, especially college football. This is what it's all about. And I just really, it's just, they have no faith in their team, which is weird. They will talk smack nonstop about Michigan losing a game. And if, if they win a big game, they'll talk a lot of smack too, but crickets when it comes to this game. But then 
hold, wait for it, folks. But then if they miraculously pull out a win on Saturday or have they, as they've done in, in last, uh, last year, in years past, uh, reference uh, 2015 and 2017, those same fans who claim they probably won't even watch the game, right? How many times have you heard that? Oh, I probably won't even tune into the game. It's over. Michigan's going to win. No big deal, blah, blah, blah. And the they, they miraculously pull out a victor, and those people will be the exact same people to be the first social media warriors in full force and proclaim the dominance by their team. And I told you so, and, oh, I knew it all around. A lot all along. I really, I just really can't even stand to listen to it anymore and have really been over it for years now, but it's just kind of expected. So whatever. One of the, the greatest things about uh, us Michigan fans and the Michigan fan base is the loyalty and always, always having faith in the team, the team, the team, the team. And trust me, for some of the younger fans, I'm sure that that was a challenge starting around 2008, right? This is why I have never taken MSU football really seriously or considered uh, considering them relevant in college football. Why? Because they, they had a few good years, and even then the stadium was not full. This Oh, this is a pet peeve of mine. They keep saying national relevance. You can't even fill your stadium even when you're good. And some and you couldn't even fill your stadium for mediocre games. And even this year against Penn State, there were barely any fans in the upper deck. But, hey, it's, it's what have I heard all year or uh, – the last couple of weeks is basketball season, right? It would have like goose egg against Kentucky you went down last night. So maybe Kentucky isn't as good as we thought, but Oh, unless they pull it out Saturday. And if so, be ready for, for the fair weather fan brigade to be out there in full force Saturday night and probably for the rest of the season, if not the year, right? Uh, speaking of which, uh, I, I know I'm being excess- excessively harsh to old Sparty, but, uh, you know, uh, You'll be happy to know that you are not the focus of my favorite segment. Of course, I am talking about this week's rival annoyance. Okay, so this week's rival annoyance is courtesy of our friends down there in Columbus and and uh, this this one's this one's a little different, so this is going to be a quick one because uh, there's really not a, not a big argument. This past week, Heisman hopeful and easily Ohio State's best player, Chase Young, will be handed a suspension for accepting a loan from a family friend. OSU was expecting four games, but it was just uh, mentioned tonight that it'll only be two games. Shocker. Shocker, right? Uh, of course, it was lift. It will be lifted right before the Penn State and the Michigan game. Funny how that worked out. I, I know a lot of people are saying that, but again, that was just breaking news uh, just recently. But it, it is not that the that OSU has another scandal on their hands. It is how some OSU fans I know a lot. A lot of my buddies, some people on Twitter, Facebook, um, that I, that I know, tried to point out the point the 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 finger. At Michigan as if they are just as dirty. You're going to have to explain that to me. All I hear is accusations and opinions when you say this. Do you really think that a school as big as the University of Michigan, as big a football program as they have, as big as basketball programs have they had, and, and some of the scandals that have happened in basketball, what, two decades ago now, you really think that the NCAA does not have their top watchdogs just snooping around 100% of the time 
well, you are insane if you think that Michigan is just hiding it, right? If you think they, they're that good at just hiding uh, everything that you are accusing them of right now. Michigan has been one of the most cleanly ran programs in the country for years. If you disagree or the, I love the old statement of, well, they just haven't been caught yet or, or the, well, everyone pays their pillars. Everyone does it, right? If that comes out of your mouth or comes to mind, then please, you're going to have to provide me some evidence. This is the, this is the reason why it annoys me. You gotta, you can't just accuse, uh, accuse the university, accuse the fans, accuse Michigan of being dirty. I mean, you might you might have to go all the way back to what the the Fab Five or the Fab Five or the B-ball squad, like in the mid to late '90s, with what Baston, Tractor Trailer, uh, Lewis Bullock. You know those guys. They might have had. Uh, they, obviously, they had some some crazy things. But but for football speaking, uh, just squeaky clean. So s- save it for the judge OSU. I I can think of multiple scandals this millennium just with football for crying out loud. I'd love to hear some of your excuses on why OSU continues to get caught then. And Michigan doesn't. If everyone does these things, maybe it's just a maybe it's just an intelligence difference between the two universities, I suppose. I mean, that's pretty obvious based on uh based on a lot of the uh, you know, the academics uh standards for for those universities, but for those two. Uh now now if something arises in the future, I will certainly change my tune, but to simply uh, to, to simply accuse all the schools of breaking NCA rules without any evidence or examples is simply just your opinion, right? Your opinion, and it's it's very subjective. Uh, OSU fans are probably just getting sick of their athletes doing stupid things, and and uh, they, they got to take it out on someone, right? And who better than, of course, the, the maize and blue. So uh, that is this week's rival annoyance. <laughs> So before I get into this weekend's game, the the big one with uh well not really the big one but the the Paul Bunyan Trophy game, I would like a chance to be sincere for a moment. And uh, now I know I poke fun at Sparty pretty much most of the time, one hundred percent of the time. But that is all good sports fun. That's is the 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 great thing about college sports and athletics. Uh, but I uh, would like to shift gears for a moment. Uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the Winston family and the Rogers family. Uh, some tragic events uh, occurred with uh, within the Spartan family. Uh, Cassish Winston's brother was uh, killed tragically. I believe it was a car. But he got hit by a car or something. And uh, Charles Rogers, out of nowhere, passed away earlier this week. Just uh, some things are bigger than sports, and it was a it was a class act by, especially in the Winston case, the uh, class act by the MSU basketball team fans and Izzo. Uh, this past week or the, the last game, just, uh, overwhelming support, um, props to Winston for getting out there and being, uh, doing his thing. Um, one of the, obviously one of the best players in the country and, uh, never had any beef with Winston. I feel he's one of the more classier Sparties of all time. And, uh, obviously these things are tragic, but, uh, it was just a touching scene at Breslin a few nights ago for Cassius and his family. And, uh, to be honest, a uh, well done Sparty. That's first class for everyone. Uh, just first class guys. So again, uh, uh, remember that, uh, we will hop into the next topic. Thanks again, everyone for joining tonight, uh, Wednesday evening here at the M factor studios. We are live on Facebook, the M factor, uh, make sure to leave some comments. Uh, thanks again for tuning in everyone.
Uh, I, I'm not getting any comments. I'm not sure if they're blocked right now. Uh, so I apologize if I'm not, uh, not getting to anything, but, uh, thanks again for joining in. I'm going to shift gears real quick. And that is obviously to this weekend and the battle for the Paul Bunyan trophy. That's right. It is Michigan, Michigan state. If you didn't guess folks it is the weekend. Now I mentioned it earlier in the episode, make sure to let me know your favorite Michigan slash Michigan state game. And I will be sure to get on, get it on the recording And uh, honestly, I have multiple rolling around in my head right now, too. So, But this Saturday at noon on Fox in the friendly confines of the big house. Well, actually, Harbaugh's 0-2 in the big house, right? But hopefully we can turn that around this weekend. This will mark the 112th meeting between the Wolverines and Sparty, dating all the way back to 1898. It's pretty incredible, right, folks? Michigan does hold the edge, 70 wins, Two thirty-six losses and five ties. Now, I, I will agree with a lot of you Sparty fans. A lot of those wins were, you know, pre nineteen fifty, but we still hold the edge in the last in in my lifetime anyway. So, Michigan comes in currently as a thirteen and a half point favorite with eighty-four point two percent chance to win, according to ESPN. Let's take a quick look at the head-to-head stats, actually. And uh, just because Michigan got off to such a rough start this year, they're actually pretty close points per game. Michigan edges out Michigan State 31.8 to 23.1. So, you know, touchdown touchdown better than them, just over. Points allowed per game that dreaded, dreaded Michigan State defense that we heard about all year. They are down to, or they allow 23.6 yard or uh, points per game to Michigan 17.1. Where are you at, Sparty? Where are you at? Uh, total yards per game, 365 to 389. Again, pretty pretty equal. Passing yards, I can't believe Lewerke is actually uh, doing this this well. But uh, passing yards are Lewerke or Michigan State 235 to 219. Uh, rushing, it's Michigan with 170 to Michigan State 130. Oh, that Michigan State running game is just brutal this year. I don't know. The, the, the whole team is just brutal, but it just, ugh. Uh, yards allowed, pass yards a game. Michigan, uh, this is where Michigan really is excelling this year, 153 yards per game to Michigan State's 214. Rush yards allowed per game, 108 for Sparty and 112 for Michigan. So, uh, you know, not uh, not too different there. Uh, passing yards, obviously, it's Patterson versus Lewerke. Lewerke is leading that. Uh, however, he does have seven INTs to Shea Patterson's four, but Shea does have those fumbles, right? So turnovers, eh. Uh, all day Charbonnet with 559 yards on the season to Collins, 715. And receiving yards is Bell with 460 and Stewart Jr. with 694. Uh, again, you, you it's crazy because the records would indicate otherwise, but they're relatively equal uh, when it comes to this. I just think that, uh, well, first and foremost, you know, uh, Michigan State has um, has has played pretty much all of their big games except for this Michigan game. So they've already lost to Penn State. They've lost to Wisconsin. They lost to Ohio State. And uh, that brutal one last weekend against Illinois, that was something else. So, um I do agree with the 13 and a half point spread. Uh, that's, that's about right. That's definitely about right. 
because do not forget that this is MSU's Super Bowl every year, right? It's a lot of team Super Bowls. Everyone seems to play their A game against Michigan, and why not? They are the, the, the one of the most. They're, they're a A plus brand, right? A plus brand, maybe an A minus uh, program, but an A plus brand. Uh, you know, stadiums will be full when Michigan comes to town, and uh, you know this is MSU Super Bowl, and we are their biggest rival. So that old saying of throw out the records out certainly applies because. D'Antonio does not hold back, especially when it comes to the Michigan game. And this year with nothing, literally nothing to lose, certainly should be no exception. Harbaugh actually alluded to that earlier this week in his press conference that they have to expect everything from D'Antonio and the Spartans. But honestly, that's that's nothing new. I just hope the refs keep D'Antonio off the field during during the plays. He always seems to linger like on the field while while plays are being ran. So uh, that's that's what the sidelines are for, buddy. But the predictions for this game is Michigan 24 and Sparty 3. Way to go, Sparty. Three points. Ooh. Uh, I'm close to predicting a shutout because this Michigan State offense is just bad. Just bad. And the, the Michigan defense is really seeming to – or seems to be clicking right now, especially after after that uh, – you know, after the Illinois game. I think the MSU offense is, is worse than last year's offense that racked up that – solid, solid 94 yards of total offense. <laughs> oh, I think I have to walk uh, farther to my truck in the morning, but we could see uh, much of the same this year. I'm actually kind of thinking that. I think that might be uh, much, much the same. So keys to the game. First, as always, no turnovers, no turnovers. Keep it to zero. Don't even, I don't even want to win the turnover battle. I just want to keep it to zero. Don't make stupid mistakes. That's the only reason Michigan has lost uh, to these clowns in the Harbaugh era, right? Michigan clearly has the better athletes, and the only way MSU can neutralize the difference is win the turnover battle, battle plain and simple. That will be the only shot this party has that uh, they have to have a chance is to rely on Michigan's mistakes if they if they make any. I feel Michigan has really, really focused on the turnover issues uh, especially since that Illinois game. So that is key to victory number one. Now, key to victory number two, unfortunately, is really out of our control. And that is no fluky calls from our best friends, as always, the old referees, the old referees, the officials. Again, the officials don't win or lose a game, but they certainly change the game. I, I've been, I've been, you know, I've been forcing this issue all year. And you get a certain call and it totally changes what you're going to do next. And it's kind of, it's kind of like a fork in the road, right? It definitely changes the game and it could be at a pivotal moment. You know, sometimes it's not. So um, in a game like this though, you just don't need to give the other team help from something, something that the players on the field can't really control. They have no control over it when it's a bad call. So those are really the two factors, folks. I feel we will be in good shape if we win the turnover battle and uh, not uh, playing against Sparty and the officials, which has happened before. Am I right, Michigan fans? Uh, re- reference uh, Desmond Howard. <laughs> uh, but I am, I'm rather confident we wake up Sunday morning 8-2 and two, and feeling good about another Big Ten win. So go blue, right? 
Again, the game will be on Fox at noon this Saturday. The girlfriend will be flying in from Denver and will be enjoying the game from right here at the M Factor Studios, having a little watch party. If you're downtown, be sure to stop by. So, of course, looking forward to everything this weekend. It is going to be a great one. And thanks for joining in, folks. I really appreciate all the views, the likes, the shares. Uh, Make sure you keep tuning in. I will be live every Wednesday at 9 p.m., unless, of course, there's a bye week. But I really appreciate everyone. But sadly, we are out of time this on this this glorious uh, chilly Wednesday evening here in Jackson, Michigan. I want to thank everyone for watching. And if you missed or want to listen again while you're tailgating or driving to Ann Arbor to get in the mood, you can always catch the podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Make sure to subscribe. Give us a that five-star rating and be sure, be sure to share this episode and all the episodes on your, your Facebook page uh, so we can involve everyone in our discussions and get a variety of thoughts and opinions. I really appreciate everything, guys. If you are heading to the game Saturday, be safe, stay warm, party hard, make sure you have a few adult beverages before the game and make the big house rocking and rolling as you as, as us Michigan fans always do. Have a great weekend, everyone. I am Adam Amble, and this is the M Factor. Go Blue!